0: Hi and welcome back to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. My name is Prashant Malkani and the topic for today's episode is Produce Big Results with Small Marketing Budgets All marketers at some point in their careers have been in a situation where they felt that they don't have enough budgets to achieve the results and outcomes they're looking for. During these situations, we can either learn to adapt and find different ways of achieving those results or then just step away. Definitely choosing the former is much more beneficial for us and the company. This topic has become even more relevant today because companies are looking for ways they can cut costs. So, my suggestion would be, be ready to be pragmatic and hopefully this episode should be a good start. To dwell further into this topic, I have someone as a guest on today's episode who has managed to spend unbelievably low budgets and managed to achieve some great results through it. Dinesh Dobramanyam is Director, Digital and Regional Communications at Watsila Corporation which is a technology company that focuses on marine and energy sectors. Dinesh has over 20 years of marketing and branding experience and has worked with brands like Nokia and Sony Pictures Television Networks. Besides having a business marketing strategy diploma from Harvard and an MBA degree from NUS, he is also an avid ideator and volunteers his marketing skills with a
1: social organization in Singapore.
0: So without further ado,
1: let's dive right in. Hi Dinesh and welcome to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. Really looking forward to our conversation
2: today. Thank you very much, Prashant. Good to be here and thank you for this opportunity. Great. So as our topic of conversation goes
1: today, big results are very subjective on the type of company and hence big results for a startup wouldn't mean the same you know, for a larger company, for example. So agnostic of the company's size how do you think marketers should approach the opportunity of being able to deliver big results with small budgets? And the reason I use the word opportunity, because if someone or some team could possibly pull this off, it would lead to an extremely positive perception for for them.
2: Exactly. And marketers should not assume that big results must be accompanied or must come from big budgets. I think that is the underlying premise for right. marketers and, and that should be the way to go. Yeah. So they should play it smart. and the one word that I will use regularly well, probably throughout this conversation is experimentation. Yeah. and marketers yeah. should play it smart by experimenting with their content, experimenting with their platforms and experimenting with their distribution. And I'll give you my personal experience, if you don't mind, Prashant. Sure, sure. I took over my company's uh, social media uh, strategy and development uh, more than five years ago. Now my, my company is a large European B2B company uh, right. with revenues of about 5 billion euros um, a year. Right. And when we started off, you know, we had the, the basic social media networks of Facebook LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. And a couple of years after that, we started Instagram as well. Right. And when we started off, we, my budget was $10 U.S. a month. And that mm. was the case for over a year. Because when I took over the social media accounts and the social media strategy and work, yeah. I did not feel it was right for me to go to my manager to say, you need to give me 10,000 uh, euros a month or something like that. No, because True. if I had done that, I would have placed a lot of undue pressure on myself because naturally he's going to ask about the ROI, the return yeah, on investment, yeah, yeah. that kind of a budget. Right? So I decided to play cheap you know, for want of a better phrase. <laughs> so I did everything organically. I, everything was done in-house. Right. We used a content map to begin with where we sourced content from different parts of the company. So After digging deep, we found that there was so much content that we could procure from all parts of the world, from all the business units, from the business lines, you know, and by looking within ourselves. So we did not have to spend, you know, thousands and thousands of euros creating content. Of course, the business units did that themselves, you know, in their marketing um, efforts and their sales efforts. We used a lot of that. We used the videos that they produced. But at the same time, we did a lot of self-study around digital marketing, around content marketing, around social media marketing. And we, we realized what works, you know, and we, we didn't use Jack, but we saw what the trends were, you yeah. know, what was happening at the time. And we rode on a couple of those. Take one, for example, like Star Wars, right, on May, May the 4th, you know, and having content that is, that, that talks to that or that rides on that particular wave. Right. And another one in those early days was Be Like Bill. For example, Mm, mm. you know, those memes, you know, and using GIFs when they first came out. So when we were able to experiment with new content like that, we saw that we were getting really good results. And after a while, I then felt a lot more confident to go to my manager to say, you know what, with $10 a month or 10 USD a month, I've been Mm. able to achieve this. Now, I would like to request for a little more, you know, Mm. maybe in the thousands, (laughs) (laughs) To pay for a social media media management tool, to do post-scheduling, to do the engagement and analytics, and Mm -hmm. also then to be able to work with an agency uh, to strategize. So that's when I asked for more money and and then he willingly gave it. And with all of those new tools, we were able to then show better results as well.
1: Uh, completely completely resonate with that so interesting some interesting points you did mention there and just continuing from that uh, what do you think are a few things that companies can do to make their existing budgets work harder also considering in times like we are in you know where marketing budgets are taking a huge cut in most places due
2: to the impact of the current pandemic which is going on there are several things prashant so yeah. the first one is is using this content map to determine where they can get great content. You know, yeah. and content, there are so many different parts. And No matter how small the company is, you know, they can find good content. Yeah. For example, over the last year, I have been volunteering my expertise and my interest in digital marketing and social media okay. with a volunteer or social service organization here in Singapore. It's called Shine Children and Youth Services. Great, and, yeah. and we went through that exactly, exact same exercise of using a content map. And using mm-hmm. that, we were able to discover so many different places within Shine, you mm-hmm. know, that the, that the digital marketing manager or the social media manager was able to get content. So a content map is, I would say, the starting point that companies, mm-hmm. you know, should be at, you know, when, you know, to make their budgets work harder, to make their to to be able to unearth all of the good stuff that they're doing. Hmm, interesting, and yeah. So, so using that content map and then thinking about how to develop content based on all of this. You know, not everything has to be given to, to large uh, or large sums of money have to be given to agencies to create that content. You can create a lot of it in-house. And yeah. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people are actually forgiving of rougher or raw content because they know that it's Mm. made in-house and they actually resonate with them, you know, as compared to very slick, very, you know, neat content. And yeah, okay, that's great, you know, in in many aspects, but Mm. people are also forgiving of rough, raw content that they know is made in-house. I think that Mm -hmm. idea of having to spend large sums of money to create great video content, it has to have expensive post-production, all of that, I think it's a fallacy. And Mm -hmm. having said that, the phones that we have today are amazing in terms of capturing photo and videos and with very, very inexpensive um, equipment. Audiovisual right. equipment, even lighting equipment, uh, road mics, you know, condenser mics, all of that. Yeah. we're able to produce, you know, a lot of very, you know, slick content. You know, with true, Adobe true, Creative yeah. and all the Adobe Suite and everything.
1: Yeah, true.
2: And then another way is experimentation. I mentioned that earlier on, and I'm a big fan of experimentation. So you will hear me say this again and again. But experimenting true, yeah. with digital or social platforms, experimenting with copy experimenting with imagery, with the timing, so just to name a few things. And so, when they see what works, then they should develop their formulae for success.
1: Yeah, yeah, agree. You know, and your exposure and experience in marketing has been an interesting one, you know? So, as you've seen times where digital marketing was not even a thing, for example, with changing times, And through, you know, some of our past conversations that we've had, I've realized that you've been able to adapt and be extremely agile with your strategies. Uh, So as we stand today, what is your take on, you know, how digital and specifically social media has changed the entire marketing landscape? And I know you very briefly touched upon this topic, but if you can probably explore or expand it
2: a little further. Yes. I think it goes uh, without saying that digital is here to stay. Um, it's not just creeping up, but it has taken its place yeah. in the marketing mix. Hmm. I joined my current company seven years ago, and I joined it in a capacity of quite traditional marketing and comms. Yeah. And in the company seven and a half years ago, when I first joined, marketing was more around advertising in print publications and events. And, mm. and at that time, you know, it was, it was fine. And that's where they had a lot of, you know, a lot of traction, a lot of footfall and, and, and traffic in, the, in those events. So that was a great place to do all of that. But yeah. um, the power of digital was growing quite quickly then. And that's when I realized, too, that we have to change. You know, if not, we are going to be left behind. So I did a lot of self-studying. In those areas of digital marketing and and content marketing and social media. And Mm. there are so many resources out there today, you know, on YouTube, on all of these courses that you have from these experts like Mari Smith and and Jay Baer and Neil Patel and that people can tap into to easily learn about Mm. digital and social. So in terms of how it has changed the marketing landscape, it is huge. Mm. There is a lot more effective targeting that people can do with digital and social. And the content that people can create and distribute is a lot more dynamic and diverse as compared to marketing of old. So whether we're talking about publicity, public relations, communications, events, advertisements, all of that, as you can see, it's it's placing your bets you know on on just one area and hoping that people will see it but now with social and digital you're able to refine your audience you're able to distribute different types of content to different audiences based on their demographics based on their geography and and so on and so forth so yeah, you know if we yeah. if we think about it you know we need to change because the the marketing landscape has changed
1: yeah you know and great just streaming from that and adding a little more focus on the sector or the type of business that you are currently working in uh, which is b2b it's always believed you know or at least the perception is that b2b customers and marketing is a whole lot tougher to reach so how can b2b companies scale their digital and comms efforts according to
2: you you know this pandemic period for example has brought yeah. an end to many physical events and conferences you know yeah, which companies yeah. like mine for example depend on yeah but companies and event organizers have turned to webinars and yeah. online conferences to promote their topics products and solutions and people are also a lot more welcoming of online content i mean we, we all know about inbound marketing so people are consuming content you know, in yeah. large volumes. And the benefit of using digital is that you're able to bring visibility to other related topics. So yeah. marketers and salespeople have the opportunity to cross sell and upsell
1: hmm. as well,
2: right? Interesting, so yeah. that's, that's, one, that's one aspect you know, of, of going you know, digital. The other hmm. aspect is people. There is this popular saying, people hmm. believe people more than people believe brands. Yeah. And that's true. true. If you give it some thought, right? Because think about the last time you actually went out and bought something like a book or a pair of shoes or whatever. You tend to look at what people are saying rather than the advertisements themselves. Of course, the advertisements will talk about, you know, how great that car is or why that book is an international bestseller or how comfortable those new pairs of shoes are. But we want to see what people are saying. Yeah. So for for companies, especially B2B companies, employee advocacy. Is a tactic that they mm. can use, you know, uh, if they, and they can use it well. So yeah. employee advocacy is whereby employees or real people promote company content yeah. using their own digital or social networks to their own followers, and this is usually done using organic content. So yeah. not only does it help to improve their visibility mm. within their own networks and hence mm. their thought leadership it also helps to increase the reach of the company's content. So Hmm. there are several ways, you know, companies, whether it be in B2B space or even B2C space, Hmm. can scale their digital and comms efforts and in inexpensive ways. Yeah. Okay.
1: So great. Just, you know, one last question before we go. And this one or this topic, you know, in some way or the other has run through your entire career, uh, which is content. So your early job at AXN, for example, whose entire business was to deliver content, or just your passion to write and develop content for a football club, um, whose name I would not like to mention as I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, and finally, <laughs> and finally to even now, you know where, where content uh, helps drive you know, brand awareness and, and business impact for you. do you think today organic content can help? cause great impact or do you think it's, it's extremely necessary for, for companies to put you know, a decent amount of, of paid advertising behind
2: the content they produce? That's a great question. And I mentioned organic content earlier on because I yeah. believe it still has its place. And in my company, a majority of the content that we develop and distribute is in the organic uh, fashion, you know? right. surely. Right. An an organization can take the 100% paid route, but is that going to be sustainable, especially in today's times when budgets are being cut? And usually, it's not across the board, but in many organizations, one of the first departments to see their budgets cut is marketing. True, yeah. So that's when marketers have to play things a little smarter. So organic content can still Mm -hmm. achieve high levels of reach, impressions and engagement right how they must be relevant to the target audience and they must be liked by the the target audience yeah and i mentioned employee advocacy as well earlier on so Mm -hmm. organic content is also useful in promoting employee advocacy and i talked you know earlier on or several times now about experimentation so with organic content by putting out or by distributing different types of content you know whether it's people related whether it's equipment related product related solutions related or about the industry as well yeah. companies have so many different types of content to tap on and distribute them and they will be surprised when they see what resonates you know, it's, it's just unbelievable. And, and we realize that that's the kind of content that works. And so yeah. when we use it, you know, we, we, we realize that, hey, there is so much Of this around us, you know, and we don't have to pay a cent for it, you know, either in terms of developing that content or distributing it. So organic in terms of producing it and organic in terms of distributing it. So it's about being sustainable. Sustainability, you know, we feel is not just about being green, about, you know, saving energy or whatever. But sustainability is also about... You know, keeping your costs low, right? Yeah. So we can be sustainable in marketing as well, and yeah. making sure that we really look around us. You know, because mm. if we wore blinkers and we said, "No, the only way I can get my, you know, get my increase my following or increase my number of impressions or reach or engagement is is by paid," to me, uh, that is not sustainable, and yeah. that is, um, you know. Uh, sorry for saying this, BS, you know, I feel that, I feel that <laughs> mm. yes, paid is definitely important because you want to increase your, increase the visibility of your post to a much wider audience. So that's when I use uh, paid content, you know, and I use paid posts, you know, to, and I use the lookalike audience, you know, based on the, on the custom audiences on yeah. LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, or then when you, you know, when you distribute your content to, to, you know, brand new targets, you know, mm. but when we have, our Our loyal following hmm. you know on social media and and today we have over three hundred and fifty thousand you know followers on our social platforms or on our social networks hmm. we know that you uh, know we know what resonates with them yeah and we try to put out as much um, of that as possible along with you know other types of really good content that we produce within the company
1: yeah yeah, so I think this entire conversation has been very interesting. And more than that, it has been extremely thought provoking. And hopefully when the listeners tune in, they would get some insights to help, you know, uh, save their budgets or tune it down and produce bigger results. Uh, so thanks a lot, Dinesh, for coming on board and sharing. Uh, this has been extremely
2: uh, insightful for me to Thank you very much, Prashant, for, once again for the opportunity and for, and for giving me the, the time and again the opportunity to share, you know, my own journey over the years and my own journey with digital and social. Uh, it's been an extremely interesting space and, you know, it's, if I can share it, share my experiences and my expertise with more and more people, um, it's through platforms like yours or podcasts like yours. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm, I'm utterly grateful for it. So thank you. Great.
0: So for the rest of us, hope this episode was useful for you. And if you would like to know more about this topic, you can reach out to Dinesh on LinkedIn. And in case if you have any doubts, feedback, or just want to spark a conversation, you can catch me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter. This is me signing out for this episode and looking forward to seeing you on the next one. Subscribe to the podcast for regular updates. And one last thing, don't forget to stay curious.